Morning Liberty. What is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. Our co-host, Charlie Thompson, is not here today, but don't worry. I'm currently joined by Marcos Falcone, who is a political scientist based in Argentina. We've been covering a little bit of the news coming out of Argentina lately. Marcos, how are you doing today? Hi, Nate. I'm doing well. Thank you for inviting me to your show. Um, I hope we had a we have a great conversation. So why don't you give everyone, if this is their first time uh, hearing anything from you, give them a little bit of your backstory and what you do. Yeah, so basically, uh, I'm a political scientist, as you said. Um, I work at um, Fundación Libertad, which is Argentina's oldest um, classical liberal think tank. Let's call it that. Uh, we're focused mainly on public policy, on socioeconomic issues. Um, and as part of my job, I have... Um, at podcasts in the past myself, um, I actually interviewed, um, well, the two main presidential candidates from the opposition today, Javier Millet and Patricia Bullrich. Um, and I occasionally write articles for Argentinian and also American media trying to explain what's going on in Argentina in this, um, in this time that seems like it's going to be a change. Mm. So for a lot of, uh, you know, this is a libertarian podcast here, and a lot of our listeners have been excited about Javier Millet, of course. And uh, we've had people asking questions, of course, uh, like your typical American, I don't know anything about basically any other countries. You know, uh, this is the center of the world, I guess. And and it's just not, no, I mean, I don't know anything, honestly, about the current situation that Argentina's in. We were talking about uh, Javier Millet a couple weeks ago. And the big changes he's talking about, I spouted off to our listeners saying, uh, well, this could be really great. We're libertarians. It could be really bad also because of an abrupt change like that could also be rough. Um, what's So I'm trying to figure out what the best way, because a lot of people are probably like me. How would you describe the current state of Argentina uh, to someone who's not studied up on it and why they are actually considering a libertarian, and I mean libertarian. If y'all haven't looked at anything that this guy has been saying, if you haven't been listening to him, uh, he's a legit libertarian, okay? So how did they get to the point where they were considering Javier Mille? Yeah, so um, Argentina is currently in a, in a very delicate uh, economic situation, and it has been for over a decade. Um, we live in a country where the inflation rate um, is 130% uh, annual and up um, because it was only in August we had 12% uh, inflation um, and that is chaotic. Um, GDP is falling. Um, the, the fiscal imbalance, the, the deficit is huge um, and it does not seem like that will stop anytime soon. Um, and so it looks like we're headed into an, an, even, an even worse crisis, really, um, just because um, nobody wants to lend money to Argentina. Only the IMF has done so uh, in, in, in the past years. And so the government is borrowing money basically from, um, from people like me, from people like anyone else at insanely high rates. 
And so that is accelerating uh, sort of like what we call the, the quasi-fiscal deficit, the, the deficit of the central bank. And so if the situation, let's say, explodes, if the government decides to stop paying interest for that debt, uh, then we could head into hyperinflation almost immediately. Um, and so this is a context where a candidate like Javier Millet appears. Um, he is definitely a libertarian, as you said. Um, he, it, it's funny because he used to identify um, with the uh, Chicago School of Economics, with Milton Friedman. And then, uh, something like five years ago, he switched uh, allegiance uh, to the Austrian School of Economics. And so you have him, quote, um, Mises or Hayek on TV, on like prime time, that's, um, I don't want to say unheard of in Argentina, but if it's not, then it's almost unheard of, really. Um, and his proposals are, as you described them, pretty sharp. Um, what he could do to the country could be huge, um, and this could be good, or it could be really bad if he fails. Um, a couple of, well, no, over a month ago, we had our primary election here in Argentina, and that kind of works like a general election because the, the votes sort of mirror what we then have, like, uh, in October. And Javier Mille placed first. Uh, he got 30% of the vote. Nobody was expecting that. Um, and I think he got 30% of the vote because people are angry. People are really angry at the current state of the Argentine economy. Uh, we have been through uh, leftist, more leftist, uh, less leftist, sort of, uh, so to say, governments, and we haven't succeeded. And so here comes Javier Millet promising to shut down the central bank altogether, promising to dollarize, not because he loves the Fed, but because Argentines are used to saving uh, up in dollars because they can't rely on their own uh, currency. And here he comes promising uh, free trade, promising um, deregulation, promising to privatize or even shut down um, state-owned companies. Um, and that is, that is huge. We haven't really had a candidate proposing stuff like that in the past. Now, of course, um, and, and I'll just I'll end this introductory, very long introductory remark with this. He, um, as he gets closer to power, he seems to be backtracking on his own promises because he realizes that he's going to face serious issues uh, when implementing any reform in Argentina. And so he's now saying, well, dollarization can't really happen right away. In a day or two, it, it may be a three to four year process. Um, we need to be um, allies with unions, for example. He, today, he's going to host a, an event uh, with a notorious uh, union leader um, who 30 years ago or so admitted that he himself was like just corrupt and that people needed to stop being corrupt in Argentina for two years. That's a very famous quote if, if you want to look it up later. Um, he's, he's hosting an event with um, a union leader because he's now saying we need to be allies with unions because otherwise they're going to block a reform. Um, so, you know, he, he, as he gets closer to power, he seems to be uh, holding off and saying, well, this is going to be um, difficult um, and change can't happen uh, overnight. And so, you know, we need to buckle up 
and see what happens. Just off the cuff, first off, anytime I hear someone speaking of these massive changes, I worry for their personal safety uh, to begin with. And I, he might have also considered this uh, this idea. I mean, we've had issues with that uh, in, in the past in the U.S. as well. I'm sure that happens all over the world. Um, I wanted to know one thing. How big is the uh, like social welfare state in, in Argentina? Is there a lot of unemployment, a lot of poverty? Are there a lot of people getting government checks? Uh, how many people are reliant on the government on a daily basis? Well, um, it's estimated that about half the people in Argentina are reliant in one way or another um, on government checks, be that as... Um, direct handouts, uh, be that because there are, um, well, public employees, um, but a lot of people uh, live off of others in Argentina. Um, and that is, that, that is certainly a problem. Um, and that is also one of the reasons why change may be hard to implement, uh, because if, say, uh, Argentina were to liberalize, uh, as I argue that this will inevitably uh, inevitably happen in, in my article on, on the Econlog. Um, if, if this is going to happen, then there's going to be a lot of losers. And those losers will be the ones that are getting government money. If you um, eliminate the deficit, for example, then you need to curb public spending. Um, if you cut taxes, like he's also promising, uh, then someone is not going to be getting that money anymore. And, and that's going to be public employees. That's going to be people who are relying on handouts. Uh, that's going to be people who uh, enjoy subsidies, you know, energy subsidies, which are huge here in Argentina, or transport subsidies. Um, and that is going to come at a cost. Uh, you're going to have uh, at least demonstrations. You may have riots. Um, and so... Whoever comes, you know, after December 10th, when the next president is supposed to take office, is going to be really strong uh, to implement change, which is why there's another um, presidential candidate, Patricia Bullrich, um, who is saying, I am the only one who's strong enough to do this change, you know, uh, because Javier Millet is an outsider. He doesn't really have, uh, let's call it a, a political structure, you know, that supports him. Um, he, he likely doesn't have enough people to fill, um, you know, cabinet appointments. Uh, but then this other candidate, you know, a, a former minister of security um, who is now also recruiting um, classical liberal economists, um, not really libertarian, um, but leaning, let's say. Um, she, she's now recruiting those kind of economists too. And um, she's saying, we can do the kind of change that Millet proposes, but we can do this you know, sustainably, we can do this gradually, and we can do this in a way um, that, you know, um, is not dependent on one person, like, um, like it happens in the case of Javier Mire, because when you look at his coalition, when you look at, at the people who are around him, you realize that it's all just basically about him. You know, if Mire disappears overnight, there is no one that would take, um, you know, his spot, and not in his coalition, at least. Whereas in the other coalition, you know, the one that uh, governed Argentina already from 2015 to 2019, you have tons of people. You have a lot of people who could, um, 
you know, implement change. Now the question is whether they actually want change or not, because they had an opportunity um, and they squandered it. Um, but uh, that that is this, that is the current political state, at least in the opposition right now in Argentina. Now, one thing, and uh, not to be a, a downer on this, but the people who are excited about Javier Mille, uh, do you think that? So, so for a real change to happen in a country, I have this idea that the change really needs to happen in the people. And as you were talking about, if Javier Mille goes away, if he's if he's gone, if he gives up, are these people going to be out there saying the same things? Are they going to be quoting Milton Friedman and Rothbard and and Ayn Rand or whoever, or are they just going to go with whoever's uh, grasp grabbing their anger that they have towards the current state, and that's who they're going to support? Do you think that it's more is there really a libertarian cultural revolution happening in Argentina, or is there someone who's saying all the right things to the people who are rightfully very angry? To be honest, I think we're just lucky that Millet happens to be a libertarian. Um, I think there is an element of change that people are demanding. Um, but I'm not sure that there's a libertarian cultural revolution taking place, really. Um, because, as I said, I think Millet um, is being supported by a lot of people because people are angry, not because people necessarily understand the consequences of liberalizing. Um, and as a matter of fact, really, when you look at um, the votes that Javier Millet got, uh, and, and, and you compare this election, for example, this primary election, to the primary election of four years ago, 2019, you realize that he's been taking more votes from um, parentist candidates, from typically populist candidates, than from the um, rest of the opposition, you know, the ones who should be closer to uh, classical liberalism and libertarianism. Um, so, and that means, you know, that his base is not really libertarian at all. I mean, they may be listening to him, they may be preaching whatever he's preaching, um, but if he were to suddenly, let's say, overnight reject Austrian economics overall or Milton Friedman, I think they would follow him. Now, again, we're lucky that he happens to say the right things. Uh, then we're, we don't really know if he's going, if he's in a position to actually implement the change that he wants, but he's saying the right things and that's good. Mm -hmm. um, but so far, I think we don't really have a, a libertarian cultural revolution. I hope we do in the future. I hope it's in the making right now, but I'm not sure that's happening, really. It, it surely will lead a lot of people in that direction. I'll be completely honest. Uh, he actually inspired me to grab an, uh, a Hayek book on Audible uh, last week because of something that I heard him talking about. I'm like, huh, I should maybe read something that Hayek was talking about. And, and so I, I grabbed a book, and I'm sure that's happening quite a lot in Argentina as well. The reason I was asking about this is we we're talking about how difficult it can be for him to actually make these changes. And as you make these, I'm not sure how long a presidential term is in Argentina. Is it four years? Is it it's four years? Four yeah. years? Okay. So as you go to make these changes, they're going to take some time, uh, whether you want to try and do it overnight or not. I think overnight would be super dangerous. I think you'd have riots uh, against him overnight and it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't go all that well. And and so as the pain starts to happen, these people who are getting checks from the government and 
these people who are working for the the agencies or departments or whatever that he wants to get rid of as that pain starts to happen if there's not an actual philosophical libertarian base that led to him getting elected and instead it was people who were mad about their own situations in life and saw someone saying the right things well then they're just going to end up being mad about their own situations in life and he's going to be the person responsible for it now and then they're going to go for the next person who says they're going to fix it that could be someone even harder to the left and so this kind of the danger of populism and and not actually having this strong philosophical you know base behind you right yeah uh, that's actually what some libertarians here in argentina fear that um he actually wins that he gets to the presidency and he starts trying to implement change but that he fails and then everything suddenly becomes his fault and then the word liberty or freedom uh is a gets like informally banned from uh, public speech for 30 years um and we have had uh in the 90s for example we had a president who did not claim to be a libertarian but he implemented uh, very good policies you know he opened up trade he deregulated he privatized he um reduced um well he didn't in the end he didn't end up reducing public spending but initially he did um and and everyone identified him um, with classical liberalism, with uh, not libertarianism, but classical liberalism. And, um, you know, when uh, public spending started growing again and that caused a crisis and, you know, the, the, the country crashed, basically, then nobody wanted to talk about liberty for like 25 years mm. up until this moment. And so we are risking, you know, a repetition of that event. I hope that doesn't happen. But um, it is certainly a risk. I, I I will say just to on a brighter note, he is one of the better um, orders of this message that I've heard in a long time. And that's coming from a guy who doesn't speak the language. I have to read everything that he says. But the things that he says are more libertarian than basically anyone I hear in America saying. And I follow a heck of a lot of libertarians. And he does a better job explaining these things than all the people that I follow. And so what I hope is that the people that are following him are really are grasping what he's talking about, that it really is causing a change in these people and that they're going to talk to their friends and their family and that, and that they're going to realize that this, uh, this, this leftist socialist experiment has not been working out very well. And you got to go back to a free market and uh, that that's, what's going to be best for, for everyone. Would you mind? Uh, well, Coming back on as we get to the election and we see what happens and all that, you know, do you want to talk more about this in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be be thrilled to come back um, and and talk about the the election. The the election is going to happen on October, October 22nd. Uh, Then if there is a second ballot, that would be November 12th, I think. Uh, The only way for Millet to avoid a second ballot would be to get over 40% of the vote, plus a 10-point difference with the runner-up, or just uh, straight um, <clears throat> over 45 points. Um, it's, a, it's a strange system. Yeah. <laughs> it's a strange second-ballot system. Um, there, I wouldn't say that there's no chance of him um, winning in, in, the, in the first round. I think that's difficult. Uh, but it could happen. You know, he got 30% of the vote, so he's only like 
10 points out, provided, you know, the, the runner up doesn't, um, eat up that difference. Um, and yeah, I mean, here in Argentina, that timing seems, uh, eternal really, <laughs> because it's already been a month, uh, since the primary, we have a month to go for the general election. Um, and meanwhile, the government, uh, keeps just making a mess out of the economy. It keeps expanding, uh, public uh, spending, it keeps, it is now reducing taxes, apparently, uh, but that is fueling the deficit, uh, which is in turn fueling inflation, which is already at 130%. So the situation is really explosive, and all we want uh, is just vote, you know, but we're still one month, we, we still have one month to go, um, and we'll see what happens. But, you know, I think one way or another, be uh, the winner of Millet, or Patricia Bullrich, or maybe even the pro-government candidate, the current Minister of Economy, some form of liberalization is inevitable in Argentina because um, the system just can't, uh, it can't stand uh, the way that it is. Everyone is fed up. Uh, the costs of protectionism, of high taxes, of high public spending are visible to everyone, um, and some sort of change um, will come. Um, you can read uh, more on this on EconLog, uh, where I published this uh, my piece, Argentina's liberalization. Yeah, I'll put that. Uh, I'll put that link in the show notes for everyone. Why don't you tell everyone where else they can go to follow any of the work that you're putting out? Yes. Uh, well, all of my pieces um, are indexed uh, at marcosfalconi.com.ar. Um, you can find them all there. Um, and other than that. Um, I think, you know, a lot of uh, outlets are covering what's happening in Argentina uh, very well. Um, in the American landscape, I think I would say that the Cato Institute um, has published uh, good articles on this. Uh, it has also hosted uh, an event on dollarization, uh, the, the main uh, Millet campaign proposal. Um, so, yeah, that's where I would go for, for more info. All right, Marcos, thanks so much for your time today and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you, Nate.